name is Allie Braun and I'm the Director of Special Projects at International Commission and I host our ENE trainings. So this is week number three um, and we're going to be reviewing ASK. So I'm so happy for those of you who are coming back for the third week in a row. Some of you are brand new with us this week. You maybe attended an ENE training last semester, but this is your first time joining this special Operation Andrew ENE training. So we are thrilled that you hopped in to join us and we're gonna review the other steps. So I don't want you to feel like you're behind or have missed anything. The mission of International Commission is to equip and enable believers worldwide so that we can conduct church-based evangelism projects to reach unbelievers and make disciples. So that's what the E and E stands for in ENE training. We're here to equip and enable you to grow in evangelism and discipleship and fulfill the Great Commission because that's what Jesus has called all of us to do. It was his last command that he gave us. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I am with you always to the end of the age. So it's such an encouragement that even though Jesus left the earth, he is still with us through the rest of our lives. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And this is the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's not the Okay Commission, but this is a command from the Lord to go and make disciples. So that's what we are here to serve you all, to help equip and enable you to go and share. And Operation Andrew is just one, one thing that we use at IC to equip and enable people. And we've been using Operation Andrew for nearly 50 years of ministry that we've, um, it's a tried and true model that we've used all over the world in the 50 years of ministry. Um, we translate Operation Andrew into different languages. It's simply a piece of paper with seven steps. So this series is eight weeks. There's seven steps, but you don't want to miss out on the last week because we're going to add a little something special, but we are going to be reviewing a different step each week. So if you've joined us before, we've reviewed names, show and tell, and so this week we're going to be reviewing the ask. And as always, I just want to remind all of you that even though this model has worked for us, it's worked for me personally, it's worked for millions of other people all over the world through the years, at the end of the day, you as a follower of Christ have the Holy Spirit living inside you. And so you have to be sensitive and obedient to how God leads you in particularly as you pray, as you share, as the Holy Spirit prompts you to um, maybe even do the steps out of order. That's totally okay. We're not saying that um, you're going to get a money back guarantee if this doesn't work for you, but just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading as you pray for people and as you share with them. So we are gonna be doing um, a giveaway at the end of tonight. So for those of you who have registered and are on here, be sure to stay through the end, just like we do every week, we're gonna be doing a giveaway. If you don't already have it with you, make sure that you have a pen, a piece of paper and your Operation Andrew list from previous weeks. If you don't have one, or if you don't know what that is, that's okay, we're gonna be reviewing that, but just make sure that you have at least a pen and a paper with you because you will be needing that throughout this evening.
So with the E&E trainings, we do have a little bit of an outline that we follow. So first we're gonna share um, what you're gonna learn from tonight. That's the objectives. Then we're gonna move into his time of celebration. You all can give some praise reports from something that you've seen the Lord do over the past week. I know we had our last training last week, but normally it's every other Thursday night. Um, but we would love to hear how God may be working in your life and what he's done through the previous step that you learned. Then we're going to transition into our time of training where we are going to invite JT Hilliard to share with us tonight the next step. And then finally, we will end with a challenge. So a charge for you to go with into the next upcoming weeks. So starting with our objectives, um, we're going to do a recap of steps one and two. Then we're going to show you um, how to ask to pray. There's something very specific that we're going to teach you that you don't want to miss. And then finally, you're going to learn to stop, which is essentially to pray in the moment. And JT is going to teach us that acronym. So now is our celebration time. So does anyone have any praises that they want to share from this previous week? Something that you saw the Lord do through um, the people you've been praying for diligently? Um, maybe something, uh, a praise report you want to share when you showed people your list? Um, does anyone have a story that they'd like to share? Go ahead and open up your mic right now and you can share it with us. I made a list and I have uh, two teenage granddaughters that um, I've been praying for and and it's not really you know I don't have anything great that happened so far they're very one's 18 one's 19 and that's just been kind of a, a start to to pray for people and and I'm still praying and nothing's happened so far but I just that's I can add that <laughs> absolutely thank you Melinda yeah. thanks for sharing yeah that. uh-huh Keep praying, keep praying diligently. Will. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our presenter for tonight. I'm thrilled to have JT Hillier with us. And JT has been married to his wife, Debbie, for 28 years. He and his wife have three children and one granddaughter. And JT is our director of operations and also a mobilization strategist. So he leads teams around the world on our international short-term projects. And he's been going on IC projects since 2016 and has been leading teams since 2010 for a total of 19 projects in 15 different countries. And maybe JT will even share with us his favorite country because he's been to so many. Um, and actually JT is also gonna be leading a trip to Moscow in September of this year. So if you're interested in going on a short-term mission trip with us, um, we put Operation Andrew into practice. Our international churches, the ones in Moscow right now have these Operation Andrew cards, they're praying or names on their list. They're praying for opportunities to share the gospel with them now in preparation for us, um, the team of Americans to go with them to share the gospel again with their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers who they have on their list, which is really exciting. So if you wanna go to Moscow with JT in September, you can go to our website, you can apply for free and we would love for you to join us. So without further ado, JT, welcome. Well, hello. It is an absolute pleasure to be here and to be doing this and to be a part of this. Uh, I love Operation Andrew. I, I can tell you I went on two projects before I knew anything about it. I was just there to share my testimony and, and see what happened. I had no idea what went into uh, a project before 
uh, we got to share our faith. And so this is, um, it's a great experience for me too, to be going through this uh, again and uh, to be able to share with you. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, Operation Andrew Part 3, which is to go and ask. And what we're going to ask is we're going to ask the people on our list um, if they have a specific need. And we'll, we'll walk through four different steps. That's the four-point conversation uh, in order to find that out. But before we go there, let's review steps one and two. Does anybody want to tell me what step one is? If you, if you know what step one is, go ahead and unmute, unmute your mic and tell me what step one is. That's right, everybody. <laughs> make the list. <laughs> That's right. Anarella, thank you very much. It's the make the list. And uh, we've got several different things in our evangelism toolkit on our website. You can see uh, the original list. And this is the one that I'm using right now. Um, I also have made myself a smaller one that's got, uh, I only have five lists on there. And I want to tell you guys, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still getting comfortable with it. I had lunch with one of the people on my list today, and I didn't tell him that he was on my list. So I kind of chickened out there, but I'm going to do it next time. Next time I, I meet with him, I'm going to tell him that I'm praying for him. So step one is to print or make your own Operation Andrew card. You want to make it visible to others. You want to make it a reminder to yourself, and you want to be creative. Now, I told you that I went to uh, several projects before I saw what Operation Andrew was doing. Uh, the first time I really saw and, and began to understand what Operation was about and what it can be um, used for was in uh, a country called Paraguay. Does anybody know where Paraguay is? Anybody? Anarela, I bet you know where Paraguay is. South America. Yes. It's a, it's a little one. It's right next to uh, Brazil. Um, and in 2007, I went and I was at this little church, um, which you see here on the, the girl on the left is my translator and her grandfather was the pastor. The other two people there were traveling missionaries just like me. Uh, it was an, an enormous project. There were 80 Americans there. Uh, the girl in the pink with the white sleeves was from Argentina. The guy with the tie, he's from uh, Chile. We also had a, a girl from Oklahoma at that church and uh, a couple of Brazilians as well. And we were, I took this picture at the opening rally when we first got in the country and we were introducing ourselves and getting to know each other. And on the window back there, I, I didn't even realize this until I got home. There's this little paper mache or paper chain that's going around the window. And in the next picture, uh, it's kind of a little bit hard to see right there, but it actually goes from window to window and on down the wall. It's a little bit easier to see in the third picture. And uh, on the opening rally on Sunday night, uh, my translator's sitting next to me. Her grandfather's preaching the Sunday night sermon, and I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to follow along. She's sitting next to me, and she's speaking in my ear, um, English to his Spanish. And I'm she's probably translating about 70% of what he's saying he's talking fast. I'm understanding about 50% of what she's saying. And so I'm, I'm struggling to know exactly what's going on in the sermon. And then she says something along the lines of, tell him what the paper is. And so I, I turned to her and I said, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. And she said, he wants you to tell him 
what the paper is. And I looked up and the whole, the, he was standing right in front of me with the microphone in my face. He had stopped the whole thing to ask me this question. And I looked up and I looked at all the, the chain of names that were around there. And it had to be the Holy Spirit. It couldn't have been my own mind. I said, those are the names of the people that we're going to go visit. And he said, yes. And those were the names that they had been praying for. So everybody in that church had made a list of 10 people that they wanted to see become Christians, friends, neighbors, coworkers, relatives. They'd written them down on pieces of paper and they tied them or taped them or stapled them. And the whole church was rung with these names. And so every time they had church, it was right there. It was evident. They could see it. And uh, there is a there is a service of the 10 that happens in our project where the week before the Americans get there to share their testimonies, we invite those people that have been prayed for into the church. And at that time, they make appointments for the Americans to go and visit them. And in that service of the 10, those people were able to see that their names were all around the church and that they'd been prayed for for all this time. So that's the, the point of step one and uh, a great example of how to do step one. Uh, step two is you want to show your list, which is what I didn't do today at lunch. You want to let the people know that you're praying for them. Uh, this is, you're going you're gonna to help them realize that they're important to you. Um, it's, this, is, this is where it gets personal. You know, you have to tell them, I'm going to spend my time praying about you. And that's going to lead us to the point of tonight. And tonight is we're going to talk about getting to know what they want us to pray about. So an example of uh, this step two, the church that was I was in in Brazil in 2010 had, actually this, this picture here is from two different churches. Uh, each church had a picture of a tree, and the members of the church had written down their names of lists, their list of names, and had put it on each branch. And so anybody that could come in there could see the names, and anybody in the church could come in and pray for your list as well. And so this is a great way that they were using to show their list to other people. And it's this is a, a very unique opportunity to look at, you know, the, the Bible says that we're going to be known uh, by the fruit that we bear. And this this tree is just brimming with fruit, you know, there's, there's people that are written down and put on that, that poster, I guess, in, in uh, maybe in 2009 is when their names were put on there. In 2010, they became Christians. And so in the next year, they could be writing their own list. And so the, the fruit just keeps multiplying and multiplying. The, um, the difference that it makes when people are praying for you like that, you know, if we do a project and one of those churches had 14 lists, so there's at least 140 names on there, and 140 people are being prayed for, well, let's just say that only half of them get to hear the gospel. And of those half that hear the gospel, only half of them accept Christ. Well, that's 35 new Christians in a week. And if half of those begin to grow from discipleship and, and start Operation Andrew themselves, then that's 17 new growing Christians. Now, how many churches have you heard of that have 17 new believers in a week? Or, heck, I know churches that don't have 17 new believers in a year. So this is, 
this is a, a thing that works. That's why we use it. And uh, say one of my most recent projects, uh, a couple of years ago, I went to Albania and uh, our president, Brent Edwards, was on that project. And there was a, a large concentration of Americans on, in this one little town for about three or four days. We just had a whole bunch of Americans. And so they ran out of the Operation Andrew visits, the ones that had been prayed for and the ones that had been uh, arranged beforehand. And so uh, we were calling folks and scrambling to get visits so that everybody had a, a family to go sharing their, their testimony with. And it was night and day of eight visits that were done in that manner. Four of them, four of the houses had decisions. And those were the four houses that had been part of the Operation Andrew. When we went into a house that hadn't been prayed for and hadn't been uh, let them know that we were coming and, and everything, it and the Holy Spirit hadn't had a chance to be a part of their lives, that the results were were zero. It was just night and day. It was completely evident. So that's why we do this, because the Holy Spirit gets in their lives and prepares their hearts for the testimony that you'll bring in later steps. So let's get to Operation Andrew. Step number three, go and ask. Ask them if they have a specific need. So what we have on our evangelism toolkit is a little video. It's about a minute long, and it's called the four-point conversation. And I don't mind plugging it right now. It's a, it's a top-quality production. It's got a couple of great actors in it. Allie and myself have principal roles in it. And we model what you can do to greet somebody, to inquire, to help, and to pray. And that video from hi, how you doing, to amen, it's about a minute long. So this doesn't have to be something that, that you invade their time, uh, that you interrupt their day. Now, if you're, if you're in a home with them or if you're out to lunch with them, then take your time and everything. But it really doesn't have to be a, a big production. So first, let's talk about greeting. And this is simply saying hello. You know, come up to them and, and smile. Be enthusiastic. Uh, just say, how you doing? Long time no see. Great to see you. Good morning. Use the time of day. But one thing that I want to encourage you to do is to smile when you do it. And I'm, uh, I'm one of those guys that, that I like to smile when I meet you so that you'll smile every time I greet you. I know that's kind of cheesy and a little bumper sticker thing, but... You, if you do that, if you get them used to a smile being a part of your encountering them, then they'll associate that meeting with you with positivity. And that's what you want to do. You want to breed positivity into the relationship. Um, let's see. The next thing you want to do is inquire. You want to ask them how they're doing. You know, be aware of their life. Um, be aware of their interests, uh, pay attention to the life events. You know, I was talking to Allie earlier. I just happened to know that she'd moved recently. So I was able to ask her about that situation. So if you're, if you're praying for them, then you obviously are interested in their life. And so pay attention to that and use that as a, the next thing. Now, this is uh, this particular step. How are you? This is something that I personally struggle with. Uh, before I came to work full-time for IC, in fact, it was one year ago this week that I became full-time uh, with IC, 
I worked for a, uh, a company that's, I'm in Louisville, Texas, and about a mile down the street is a company that I worked for for 25 years. And I was a shop floor supervisor. I was a production guy, and I was walking around the plant all day long. And people would ask me, hey, how are you? And I'd say, I'm fine, and just keep walking. It just, it wasn't in my nature to stop and say, I'm fine, how are you? You know, it, it's, for me, it's not, it's not of my nature, so I have to be intentional. I have to be intentional to ask, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? And then the next thing you got to do is you got to listen, and you got to actively listen and really pay attention to them. Now, when you're listening to them, they're going to tell you what's going on in their life, and this is going to give you an opportunity to offer to help. And so, you know, if if I was a good, nice person when Allie was moving, I would have asked her before, can I help you move? Instead of how was your move, I would have said, can I help you move? Uh, but when you offer to assist somebody, you want to be realistic and you want to be practical. You don't want to overpromise and then underdeliver. Don't don't offer to do something that you're incapable of doing. Um, and then follow through. You got to do that. I'll tell you that one of the people that I'm praying for, um, his name is Josh, and uh, his his mother passed away two weeks ago, and he shared that on Facebook. And I messaged him and I said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And we started talking a little bit, and I said to him, hey, is there anything that I can do for you? And he answered. He said yes. He wanted me to do his mother's funeral. Now, this is a guy that I know casually. Uh, I know him well enough that I want to pray for him to become a Christian, but I never met anybody in his family. And so I'm going to go Monday and do the, the funeral service for his mother. And it's it's not something that I'm excited about. It's not something that I'm 100% comfortable doing, but uh, it was something that I offered to do, and he asked me, and so I'm going to follow through, and I'm going to do that, and that'll be uh, some a connection that we'll make. Um, James 2.16 is one of my favorite verses about this, and it says, and if one of you says to them, excuse me, let me go to 15 first. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for the body, what use is that? And I think about what Jesus often did. He met their physical need first, and then he met their spiritual need after. First, he, you know, if you're cold, you're going to give them a jacket first. Don't just say, hey, can I pray for you? I know you're cold, but can I pray for you? You want to meet their practical need and, and help them out. So once you ask them what you can pray for, then ask them if it's okay. Can I pray for you now? Um, that's, it's, it's a great step to ask permission to pray for somebody. You know, you, you don't want to be too bombastic. You don't want to be uh, confrontational. You want to be a servant. And so you ask permission, can I pray for you? You want to be considerate to the surroundings. If somebody just shared with you a health concern, then you don't want to, uh, they're in a public place, put your hand on their shoulder, raise the other hand up, and, and start praying real loud for that sensitive personal health issue that they've got. You want to be concise. You want to be clear. 
what you ask God to do in their lives. And like I said earlier, uh, if you're in a home or if you're out just the two of you somewhere, then you can take your time. But other than that, be quick. You shouldn't turn this into a, an opportunity to sermonize in your prayers. You know, Don't try and make it a big flowery prayer. Just make it a, a quick little bullet. And that's a, a perfect example of what I was talking about in our uh, four-point conversation video. Uh, it's, it's very clear, it's very concise, and it's quick. And it's, it's a well-done example of what we're trying to communicate here. Now, if somebody says no, that they don't want you to pray for them, say, okay, I'll pray for you later. Make sure you do. Make sure you do it soon. You know, don't wait too long. Don't let it be the last thought on your mind as, you, as your head hits the pillow. Uh, maybe just as soon as you get out of eyesight, uh, step into a private place and, and say that prayer then. So don't let it get away from you. But do, cons do, do be considerate of that person in their situation. That They may not want you to right then and there pray. But that is a good habit to have. In fact, that leads us to my next slide, which is STOP. S-T-O-P. Stop to offer prayer. And I just want to tell you, this is not something that I came up with. Uh, the first time I heard it was maybe 12 or 13 years ago at that job I was telling you about. I had an employee named David Bishop, and he was a Christian, and I was a Christian, and we had a great relationship. Um, and for the most part, from 9 to 5, it was all business. But we were stepping between two machines, and uh, I, I gave him directions on what to do for the rest of the day. And he said, hey, is, is something on your mind? Is something going on? And I shared with him something that was going on. And he says, well, let me pray about that. And I said, yeah, sure, you can pray about that. And uh, I fully expected him to walk away and let me go on my way. And then he would pray for it. Whenever he does his prayers at night or in the morning, he's going to do his prayer. But instead, he stopped right there. He put his hand on my shoulder, and he, and he prayed right then. And he, he said, that's, that's how I do it. I'm afraid that if I don't do it right then, I'll forget. But if I say that I'm willing to pray for you, then I want to do it right then and there. So that's his his acronym, David Bishop gets all credit for stop to offer prayer. And I'll tell you, for that, that first time that he did that, it was, it was a little surprising. It was a little uncomfortable, but I bowed my head and, and uh, closed my eyes and let him pray. And he said, amen. And I looked up and there was like a forklift on this side and a forklift on this side that were waiting to get by. And uh, we were blocking traffic, but uh, it, was, it was quick and it was to the point. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And so we want to offer prayer, and we want to do it in the moment. The more that we do those quick little pause of our day to say a prayer, the more that being in a state of prayer becomes a part of our routine. That it, it, You don't have to have this cubed-off section of time of day that's just for prayer. That prayer can be anytime, anywhere, Walking from one place to the other, you can you can have a quick conversation with God, and it and it just it makes that it makes the relationship a lot better. I know that the more that I talk to my wife and the more that I listen to her, the better our relationship is going to be. Maybe it's just the the more I listen to her, the better our relationship will be, and that's probably true for my, my relationship with God too. The more I listen to Him, the better our relationship is going to be. But I want to tell you probably uh, the most serious thing about all of this is that uh, ministry is messy. 
You need to be prepared to invest your time and your energy in these people. When you ask people, what can I pray for you for? They're going to tell you their problems. And it's going to be almost impossible for you not to get some of that on you. You're going to be a part of their life. You're going to be invested in their life. And ministry is messy because those people and their problems are messy. I know because I'm a messy person too. But let that be a, uh, a, an encouragement to you to just dive in, get involved, be a part of their life, and let them see that you care enough to ask, can I help you? How can I pray for you? And that's the point of step three. And so now's a good time for me to S-T-O-P and let Allie take it from here. Thank you, JT. That was excellent. And this is not something we're trying to overcomplicate. This is very simple. This step number three is just asking if they have any prayer requests. But um, from that four-point conversation, which is greet, inquire, ask for prayer requests, and then pray with them in the moment, everyone here probably is strong in one of those points and weak in at least one of the other points. I know for me, I used to be really weak in asking how can I help? I was really good about saying, hi, how are you? How was your weekend? And then if someone says anything, I would say, you know, I'm praying for you or I'll be praying for you. Um, but I was not very good at asking or offering to help if it was something that I could actually meet a need in. So that was an area that I had to grow in. Um, maybe you um, are like me when I was, um, I guess younger in my faith, I wasn't good at asking to pray for people in the moment, but I will say that that really changes. Um, that really means a lot to people when you ask to pray for them in the moment. It's very meaningful rather than saying, I will be praying for you. Um, a lot of times it softens their hearts and allows for a more meaningful conversation. And depending on who the person is that you're talking to, I just want to offer a few different words of advice and maybe things you can do because um, maybe no one has ever offered to pray for them before, especially in the moment. They probably hear at different points, um, I'll be praying for you or I'll pray for you. Um, but to really ask to pray in the moment, um, some people might be caught off guard by it, depending on where you are. You could be at work, maybe you're in a restaurant or just in another public place where if that person is far from God and they think prayer is weird or they've never been a part of it before, you can just say, hey, this doesn't have to be weird or awkward. I'm just going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to look down at the ground and say, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for, for my friend. I pray that you would meet their need in XYZ and that they would come to know you in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. And it's as quick and easy as that. And it's over and done. And they're like, wait, did prayer just happen? We didn't have to like hold hands or anything. Um, so that's just one example of how you can pray for someone in the moment without making them feel uncomfortable or awkward. Um, and yeah, so that would be one of my encouragements to you is to identify which one of these are you strongest in and keep that up and then identify which one you are weakest in and how can you put that into practice into the coming days 
and weeks. So we are going to do breakout rooms in just a moment. But since we're talking about this, and maybe you've never had someone do this for you before, or you've never seen it done, um, JT and I have, or JT has referenced already a couple of times about a video we have on our webpage. It's part of our evangelism toolkit where we do um, model the four point conversation. But JT, let's just go ahead and role play right now and just show them an example of what the four point conversation is. All right, so am I talking to you or are you talking to me? Ooh, how about, here, you can talk to me. <laughs> how about we act like coworkers? Okay, we'll pretend that we work together. Okay. All right. Hey, Allie, how you doing? Hi, JT. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. You you look tired. Did you, did you have a stressful weekend? I did. I actually moved. It was a lot of work. Um... I had some help. I could have used a little bit more help, but now like I'm having a hard time setting things up in my house by myself. I'm not like super good and handy with tools. So I don't really know what I'm doing, but like, I don't really know a lot of people in this area. So I'm just trying to like figure that out. It's really stressful. Well, is there anything I can do to help? Could I could come over and help hang pictures on the walls or move furniture around. I know you probably have three or four ideas of where the furniture goes. So you'll have to move everything three times. Yes. Um, like, are you good with that kind of stuff? Like hanging pictures? I literally do not know how to do that. I don't, I don't even have a hammer and no. I, I love to hang pictures. <laughs> yeah, that, that would really help me out because yeah, I just don't know how to do that. And I don't know anyone who like does. So okay. yeah, that, that would be great. Out of time. Once you get everything unpacked and everything, uh, let me know, I'll come over and help you, but let me, let me pray for you that, uh, everything didn't get broken and and everything comes out nice of the box and and everything's still useful oh okay is that okay if i do that now yeah you can do that that's fine all right let's pray father god we thank you so much that Allie got into her new place and that uh, nobody threw their back out lifting boxes up or anything and we just ask that you watch over everything that she owns that's now in a box and as she unpacks it that it's still in the state that it went in and still useful for her. in jesus name we pray amen Okay, thanks. That was really nice. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll let you know when I'm free and that would be really nice if you could come over and help me. I'd appreciate it a lot. Awesome. Get back to work. All right, so that was a four point conversation. Greet, inquire, how can I help? And then pray in the moment. So we are gonna break you out into um, small groups of four. And you're just going to do what JT and I simply did. You're going to role play a little bit. So to put this into practice, again, maybe this is already a part of your lifestyle. Maybe you're weaker um, in some areas. So we're just going to practice in small groups so you can get a little bit more comfortable doing this. So then you can do it with the people who you've been praying for on your Operation Andrew list. As people are joining back, let me just give another um, recommendation, something that I've done before. I don't know the people on your list, how closely you know them, whether they're um, perhaps a childhood friend that you keep in touch with regularly, an extended family member. Maybe it's someone on social media, someone that, you know, um, you knew from years ago, but you really only keep in touch over social media now. Utilize social media that's really where our culture is right now. So even with the four point conversation and writing down names of people, feel free to put people on your list that you're friends with on Facebook or Instagram. I actually have a good friend that I worked with years ago at an old job, but we've kept in touch over social media and we've exchanged many messages back and forth. And she's been going through a lot over the past couple of years. Um, 
just in her personal life. And I really wanted to pray for her, but I don't have her phone number and you know, we're kind of just social media friends. Um, but I still wanted to pray for her and I wanted to pray for her in the moment, so to speak. So what I did is I simply recorded a prayer and sent it to her in a private message because I wanted her to hear me um, speaking to God on her behalf. Because again, as we've said, it's so much more powerful when you pray for someone in the moment, when they hear you, um, when they hear how you pray toward God. So that's just another recommendation is you can easily utilize social media and still pray for people, even though they're not standing there right in front of you. So um, that's a good thing that you guys can do as well. All right, so I think everyone's back now. So as we close out, as always, we just wanna end with a challenge. So if you have not already joined our Operation Andrew Partners Facebook group, it's an open group, but only for you all who have attended the E&E Operation Andrew trainings. Um, so all you have to do is request to be a member. You can search Operation Andrew Partners, but we would love to um, just build a sense of camaraderie and partnership and share encouragement with one another, share your prayer requests, share updates throughout the week so that we can rejoice with you. Or even if you're nervous about praying for someone in the upcoming week, put on Facebook in our group, hey, I'm about to share with my mom tomorrow. I'm super nervous. I've never prayed for her in person before. Please pray for me. That's what we're here for. We want to encourage you um, and stand behind you in prayer with that. And again, um, just praying for people in the moment. That's really where we want to get at this week. Um, but maybe that's something that you're really strong in. Maybe your weakness is greeting. Maybe you're just not the best at saying, hello, how are you? How was your weekend? How was your family vacation? How was your kid's doctor's appointment? Um, questions like that. So maybe that's something that you can challenge yourself to do in this upcoming week. If you have not already registered for the following weeks of this training, as always, we've said, go ahead and just register for all of them. Because even if you know you can't make it to any of them, we're going to record each of them and send the recording out the next day. But our next training is going to be two Thursdays from tonight. That'll be on March 18th, same time, same place. So we would love to see you back here again to add on to the next step that we're going to teach you. So sometimes these steps can be um, somewhat linear, but sometimes you might need to go back. Um, so we are going to be building on each step and that's how it works when we utilize the Operation Andrew process with our um, evangelism projects that we conduct. But if you feel like you need to spend a little bit more time on step number three, you're not ready to go to the next step, that's, a, that's okay. We're still going to teach it to you. So I encourage you to come back and go ahead and register for that next training. Also, we send out reminder emails if you do register for the trainings. And if you have not been receiving any communications from us, please check your junk or your spam email folder because a lot of times, unfortunately, messages just end up there and there's nothing really that we can do about it on our end. So if you feel like you've signed up for these trainings but you have not really heard anything from us, check that junk folder. And I can almost guarantee you that that's where the messages are ending up. So be sure to add that contact in your contacts list so they go right to your inbox. So we talked a lot about our projects, these evangelism projects that International Commission conducts. And for nearly 50 years, we've done international projects and we typically coordinate between 20 and 25 international projects all over the world each year. And it's these short-term evangelism projects where we're partnering with churches overseas. 
But as you all know, in this um, culture and time of COVID right now, international travel is thwarted and we don't really know when it will be safe and fully open to travel again. But this has actually been a really great opportunity for International Commission because that has not shrunk our ministry. It's actually expanded it. And now we are offering North America projects. So these are projects where we're going to be utilizing Operation Andrew, but it's just we're going to be partnering with churches in the U.S. So we're going to have groups of churches in cities such as Phoenix, Las Vegas, maybe New England, where they're going to be praying for people on their list, and they're going to expect a team to come to them to go out and share the gospel with the people on those lists. So if you and your church want to be one of the churches that receives a team and you want to be a part of um, prepping and prayer for months in advance to receive a team, let us know. We would love to have you um, be one of our partner churches or if you want to go, if you want to go on a short-term mission project with us to one of these cities, you can do that as well because we need participants to go to North America. It's just like in Acts 1-8, we have Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we're focusing on North America now in addition to our international projects, which we're still going to have once we can travel freely again. But we would love to invite you to join us on a short-term mission project to North America. So in closing, um, we are gonna pick a winner to do a giveaway for. It'll be some exclusive International Commission goodies. But right now, I would love for each of you to put the name of just one person from your Operation Andrew list in the chat. And I'm gonna ask JT to close us out in prayer and pray for those names. Let me open the chat here, okay. Yep, so. Right. The chat button at the bottom of your screen and the lucky winner um, of this week for our little prizes not little they're actually pretty big deal um, is Richard Green so congratulations Richard we're going to be mailing some exclusive IC giveaways to you um, in the coming days so be on the lookout for that so glad you could join us tonight and if you didn't win tonight join us again next week and you'll have the opportunity to win these things again these are these are not things that um, we give out freely or easily so it'll be really exclusive if you get to receive them all right JT if you wouldn't mind just lifting up the names um, of these particular people who are near to the participants on this training tonight, but far from God, pray that their eyes and their hearts would be open and that all of us here tonight, that we would grow in courage um, to pray for people in the moment, ask how they're doing. And then this is kind of a bonus step, but to follow up. So after you ask, how are you doing? How can I help? How can I pray for you? Follow up with them and say, how was your doctor's appointment or how is your niece's knee doing? Whatever they shared with you, um, show that you care and that you are praying for them because, because you are. So you haven't forgotten about the thing that they shared with you. So go ahead and follow up when the time is appropriate. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for the technology that makes this possible. We thank you for your love and your sacrifice and the gift of salvation. And Lord, we ask that you... Help us to be useful to your plan that none shall perish. And we ask that you open the, the hearts and the minds of the people that we've prayed for, Lord. Uh, we ask for the opportunities to share with Jana, with Danny, with Laura, Liliana, Ron Brown, Jeff, Mike, Crystal, 
Alicia, Josh, and Caroline, Grace, Melissa, Annie, Ashley, Max, Julia, Jason, and my friend Adam. Lord, we ask for the opportunity to share what you've done in our lives with them so that they can see that there is something about a, a relationship with you that is worth having, Lord, here on earth and for eternity in heaven. So we ask that you give us this opportunity and give us the words to speak and pave the way for the success of this ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.